Oh, so you can join me in the live discussion. There I am. Okay. Now, everybody can uh, sort of maybe lose their lunch or whatever, seeing my face. Hopefully everybody's doing okay. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope uh, everybody in Dayton and El Paso, I hope they're uh, healing. Um, it's going to take a long time to, uh, to heal those wounds big time. Okay. Now, today, I'm going to talk about sex. Oh, yeah. Almost everybody's favorite subject, sitting around the water cooler, maybe telling jokes they share on Facebook. That's where the Art of Relationship show is broadcasting. I am your host, as always, Greg Dzinski. I'm a fully licensed uh, professional counselor in the state of Michigan. Have been for a long, long time, almost two decades now. So hopefully everybody's doing okay and going to help you with sexual insecurities and are they holding your relationship back <clears throat> and i told everybody as i uh drink my pot and a half a coffee a day yeah that's true pot and a half a day i drink it black so i'm healthy okay <clears throat> so looking at the situation about sexual um insecurities and do they actually cause a problem in your relationship about holding back and it's um, not ironic, I guess. I guess somewhat sad that uh, those people that have sexual insecurities, they usually hold back with sexual desire, okay? They might feel stuff. They might fantasize, but they have maybe shame and guilt with their own sexual insecurities. So they stop or they block their sexual satisfaction and sexual pleasure um, in their relationship and when that happens we all know or most people know I don't want to stereotype but when a sexual relationship um, sort of ceases or it's held back in a relationship or a marriage chances are there's going to be problems in the relationship and it's just a matter of time where one of them are going to have an affair or the relationship is going to cease it's going to end or you will feel totally disconnected and it always feel that way if the relationship does continue okay again a lot of people stay for a lot of varieties um you know they stay for the kids for money finances they're afraid of being alone a lot of stuff instead of dealing with the issues and today going to be talking about sexual insecurities and which ones do you have that are causing problems in your relationship and a lot of people you know, let's get one out of the way. I think maybe the one most prevalent in relationships is body shaming, okay? <clears throat> this is where, you know, body shaming is when you're self-shaming, I should say. When you are allowing your sexual freedom, your sexual, you know what, um, comfort levels, you know what, they're not out there. You're not allowing them to flourish and to be free sexually with your partner in a relationship because of body image. I'm too skinny. I'm too fat. And I talked about this on numerous shows in the past, but talking about, you know, the sexual insecurities where you can feel you don't have to worry about that, would that be great? Would you be able to concentrate not only on your own sexual pleasure, but your partner's sexual pleasure as well, and not only the physical pleasure, what about the emotional and psychological pleasure 
of each other. Instead of you always worrying about, oh my God, I hope you don't touch me there. He's going to feel my fat roll. He's going to do this or she's going to know maybe I'm not that hung or maybe I'm too fat. Yeah, men have body issues as well and they shame themselves sexually. They're not hung enough, you know what, not big enough. They're too skinny. Um, they have, you know, a dad bod and it's maybe a lot bigger than a dad bod. And they have sexual issues um, insecurities as well with body image and it's very difficult okay I'm gonna throw it out there I think it's almost impossible for you to be fully at ease sexually if you are worried about your body aspects okay like I just mentioned the body image aspects how can you be fully comfortable and at ease um, sexually not only with your partner but with yourself if you are holding back on these aspects and you're always worried about the body image i'm not you know i'm too big too small whatever it is okay and you're not able to focus and be totally present in the love making and the sexual process if you will because you're so worried about oh my god they're the candles if you do have candles they're too bright they're going to see my shadow it's going to make me look this way that way oh my god i can never have sex in the daylight with the lights on it's got to be fully black where my partner can't see me or you don't want your partner touching certain areas like i mentioned because oh my god he'll feel my cellulite she'll feel my big gut whatever it is okay so want to get rid of these aspects and what would it take for you to be comfortable in your own skin so you can just focus on enjoying giving and receiving sexual pleasure and the emotional connection you don't have to worry about that i hear it all the time i get god oh my god my lady doesn't you know when we make love or she goes to bed she never sleeps in the nude or when we make love she never you know has sex without her shirt on and it just feels like there's a, a break that skin-to-skin -skin connection that people crave and you feel and you can just feel that skin-to-skin -skin connection and not just your hands but your full body greg you know what it, it like puts a connection a black it blocks me in a way because she never has sex you know with her shirt off worried about her boobs aren't too big or they're too saggy or worried about you know her belly being too big or that type of thing or you know women you suffer I can't you know the battle scars maybe of having a c-section or you know some people have their gallbladder out appendix out and there's little scars call them battle wounds or battle scars right own them you know what that there's nothing wrong with them and what would be more important holding back because of your sexual insecurities or fully you know what embracing who you are how you are now and if you want to work on you know losing weight or toning up a little bit yeah you can do that absolutely but what would it take for you to accept your body how it is now other you know what sexual insecurities let's face it they come on to about the sad aspect about slut shaming about you know what being a whore, being a slut type of aspect, and you know what, good girls don't like this, good women don't like this, these type of aspects, and you need to get these out of your head, okay, these are incorrect, and these are perceptions thrown out there by religious leaders, religious organizations, very conservative aspects, hey Sabrina, hey welcome, hopefully everyone is doing out, doing okay your way Sabrina, and I hope, uh, 
life is doing awesome for you. So, um, you know, with sexual insecurities, you know what? They can come from, you know, like I said, religious views. And a lot of people that are so conservative that they shame people for being a certain way, for enjoying their sexuality, from owning their sexuality, okay? They're so afraid, and some people hold back sexually because I don't want to ever be that bad boy. I want to be a nice guy, kind, loving, whatever. But you can also be a sexual god or goddess and own your sexuality. So a lot of sexual insecurities might come from improper, improperty. Oh, better every day. Awesome, Sabrina. I'm glad you are. And going back on, oh, Sabrina, I got to hear, maybe ask you if you have any uh, sexual insecurities, you know what, to throw them out. Or maybe if you did before, would you do to get uh, past those and maybe help, you know, the fellow viewers and listeners out there to the show? Uh, that would help. And a lot of people, you know, going back to, you know, I don't want to bash, you know, religion. I'm not, I respect everybody's beliefs, but a lot of people will inflict their own views and their own biases and judgment going back on, oh, if a woman likes this, if, uh, you know, oh, if you're a woman and you like, you know, doggy style, or you like oral sex and uh, you're a slut, you're a whore, you're all this stuff. No, you're not. And that's where I want you to get rid of, you know what, where did these beliefs come from? Who shaped your sexual values and sexual morals? Was it your parents? Was it religions group? Was it, you know, different organizations? And who says they are right? Were you able, sorry, to ever challenge those and look at, I like this, and this doesn't make me a slut or a whore. And it works, you know, for both genders, right? And there should not be, we know there still is, that stigma that, you know, men, it's okay for them to be dogs, but women better not be. You know what? You need to get rid of that and be able to own yourself and own your own sexual identity and not have those insecurities associated with the values and norms of, you know, religious zealots out there or religious groups or very conservative aspects out there that are trying to shame everybody. It's the same one that still believe you know, being gay or lesbian, you know, that, oh, it's a choice and they're just doing it to piss their parents off. Get real. Those people don't have the research to back it up. And you have to understand that biases, other people's biases, other people's judgments don't have to be yours, okay? That you're, you can be free to have your own morals and your own values and what you do with your own body should be up to you and it shouldn't be determined by me, by anybody else, okay, to get rid of that. So a lot of uh, maybe sexual insecurities, um, oh, I was quite the wild woman. Oh, you brag it, own it. Been on hi hiatus from sex for, uh-oh, is that, no, I got to ask you. Maybe unprofessional, but that's me. You know what? Does that talk, uh, is that on hiatus from sex? Does that include uh, self-love and self-pleasuring? Ooh. Would that? I'm just asking. <laughs> but getting back to um, those type of aspects that, you know, where did your sexual identity, your sexual morals, your sexual values, where did they... Where were they shaped from? Were they shaped 
from society, from culture, from religion, those type of aspects. And you know what? Have you ever challenged them that you like what you like and it's not wrong? Sexual pleasure is a human entity. It's a human trait, if you will. Um, I feel sorry for the one I end up with. I'm going to tear them. Oh, <laughs> so hilarious. You're going to go nuts and wild, aren't you? And they're going to love it. They might run from a while. <laughs> they might run from a while in all that aspect. See, that you can be, or we can go on the other aspect. Not only, you know, how sexual insecurities cause problems in a relationship, and it holds relationships back. And as I've said many times, being able to talk about sex, your likes, your wants, your desires, your fantasy with your partner, that is one of the most intimate things that you can do, right? And it takes courage. It does not take, um, if you want to say fear, to do it. Fear causes you not to do it. It takes courage. It takes confidence to be able to, to talk about, you know what, I'm insecure about this. I would like to try this, but I think it might be wrong because I was brought up this way or that way. What would it take to challenge your own sexual insecurities and look at, number one, where did they come from, who formed them, and why do they have this power over you? And when there are sexual insecurities, as I mentioned before, they will cause problems in a relationship that you are not fully um, involved. They're fully embracing your sexuality, and it cuts across the relationship dynamics of the emotional and psychological connection as well. It's just the way that it does. Now you can have, I've had couples in my office that, you know what I've said before, they have sex once a year, and that's not why they see me. They're both okay with that. And I'm not saying that's an issue. It's when there are totally two different domains or aspects, if you will, or two different paradigms of sexual values and morals in a relationship where there's going to be a lot of clash. Um, and it could be sexual frequency. It could be also sexual uh, pleasures or sexual, if you want to say, acts. You know what? One person only wants to do it maybe missionary and the other one wants to be all over the place um, and do it you know a variety of different ways it's going to cause problems in the relationship and people can lie they can bs themselves and say that oh our sex life has no bearing on our relationship or sex should not have you know that importance of a uh, impact on our relationship or marriage and i'm going to say you know what that's up to you i'm not saying it's has to that's up to each individual and I'm not here to judge or be biased nor should anybody else that you know what has the influence to you know what judge what your sexual practices or likes or dislikes should be you know what it's up to you and your partner but if they clash it's going to create a huge huge issue and the insecurities could also come from right sexual insecurities could come from trauma they can come from sexual abuse. They can come from, you know, rape, being raped as well. And it's very, very difficult that a lot of people have sexual insecurities or hang-ups because of these aspects. And it sounds simple, and it takes a lot more than just one episode to talk about. But with the sexual abuse and sexual rape and other sexual traumas that I tell people, sex isn't bad. It's the person that did those things they're the ones that were bad. They're the ones 
that were the monsters, right? You get to own your sexuality. You get to have pleasure from it as we were made, as we, you know, the body's intended to enjoy sexual pleasure. No one should be able to take that away from you. And it's hard to imagine when, you know, the rape survivors and sexual trauma, you know, survivors have endured all that. They associate sex as bad. Sex is about control. Sex is about, you know, everybody else. And no, it doesn't have to be that way. You can own your sexuality and separate your sexual pleasures and your sexual appetite from that of the monster that, say, raped you or that sexually abused you. There's a difference between that. Sex is not bad. It's there to be enjoyed and to be you know, pleasurable and about both being able to give and receive. And if it is only about one person in the relationship, chances are that's not a good thing. And you are not in a, maybe a partnership when it comes down to your own pleasure because that matters, okay? What other sexual insecurities would you have? You know what? Maybe about trying something new. Let's face it, different position. Or maybe you've never maybe given oral, but you've received oral and would you be able to, you know, talk about it and own it and say, you know what, I might not be good at this, but damn it, I'm going to learn. I'm going to be great at it. I'm going to love it and freaking, you know, you're going to be the best you've ever had, that type of aspect. Hey, me, hey, welcome. Talk about it. Everything and anything. Sexual insecurities come from body image insecurities too. Um, been raped too. I just tell the person in certain situations, I will be in control and to not do blank because it can trigger me. Just be honest. And I just, you must have just chimed in, Amy. I just talked about this with uh, sexual traumas, rape survivors, um, sexual abuse growing up, that type of aspects. And, you know, and what would it take? And I know certain things definitely trigger, but I look at you know what, why would certain things trigger you if you were fully healed, that type of aspect. And again, I'm not bashing you. And like I said before you chimed in, it's a huge, huge deal. I don't make light of it. I don't, um, believe me, it's not easy to deal with. And I've dealt with literally hundreds of sexual um Trauma survivors over the years, rape survivors, sexual abuse, especially in kids, literally probably thousands over the years, not just hundreds. But looking at, you know, would you be able to look at the situation and be able to own your sexuality where there aren't any triggers and you can, you know what, I love this, I want this. And again, it's not the sexual act or anything about sex that holds power over you it's the monsters that did the raping it's the the monsters that did the sexual abuse acts to you it's that it's not sex per se but it's very difficult as a lot of people know the you know sexual trauma survivors they know it's not that easy to be able to separate it and associate it and that's where those you know the triggers and they need to be worked at and processed on a conscious level and get out of your you know the sensory memory aspects to be able to put those to rest so those triggers don't come back and you can like a certain sexual act without it being triggered i'm not saying it's easy but it takes work and it takes you know being able to own your own sexual identity and look at you know i like this and i'm not gonna as amy said i'm not gonna allow anybody in my past to hold power over my sexuality i'm gonna own it so a lot of you know the sexual insecurities that come from um 
trauma and that come from body image aspects are uh an ordeal in a lot of relationships and it it blocks people from getting closer as close as possible that they could be because of their sexual insecurities and i i would love to have people challenge me on this and i i love to be challenged i like to be and i'm not saying my theory this is just you know my theory and it has been over the years that when you have those sexual insecurities or you have different value systems when it comes down to sex or one person loves oral sex and the other one hates oral sex that type of thing that it's going to create problems in a relationship and it comes down to you know what our sexual incompatibilities in your relationship not only are they maybe about frequencies but our sexual incompatibilities in your relationship are they also maybe associated with the sexual insecurities that you hold within yourself and you know what would you be able to own it regardless what your body looks like and own your sexuality that you want to try something that you like this and you're not shamed about it that yeah i just own it i like it who cares right that type of aspect i don't care who cares what they think i'm gonna own it because i enjoy it it's my life it's my sexuality and I don't want to have to be shamed. And we can go into shaming, you know, people sh still shame. And it's sad that they still shame uh, same-sex, you know, relationships and sexuality aspect, which is a shame. It should be about two consenting adults or consenting adults, I should say. Not everybody else should dictate what is right and what is wrong for you sexually, okay? It takes really trusting your partner to get over situations like that. Naomi, you are absolutely right. It's not only trusting your partner, it's also about trusting yourself, if that makes sense. It is about um, looking at those aspects, you know what, about trusting yourself and owning your own sexuality and saying, I like this and I'm not going to be shamed by it. So it is a huge thing about um, the sexual, you know, insecurities and dealing with a lot of, you know, rape survivors and that type of aspect over the years, they won't allow, say, the man, they've never had an orgasm with a man because of their sexual insecurities about the power aspect about sex and that, you know what, I'm never going to have a man, you know what, give me an orgasm. I'm not going to have them give, you know, have that power over me. And I said, that's the power within you to give yourself. You know what, that you allow yourself to orgasm and that you be pleasured and it shouldn't be about someone holding power over you, but it's not that easy, especially with rape survivors and about, you know, sexual abuse growing up. It's always about someone else having power over you, but it's about that person having power, not about the sexual act. And again, it is about separating the aspects too. Um, Amy, you mentioned... Um, how many issues stem from side effects from medications too? That's that's a big deal, but that that's a huge important deal. But that might not necessarily stem or maybe associate with sexual insecurities, other than the desire aspect. And you know what? Maybe some people are ashamed because they're not horny enough. They're too horny. And people try to shame their partners if they have less desire. And that's where we could say about the sexual insecurities, about you know not having sexual desire or lack thereof. And that could come from definitely medication aspects. It could come from you know diabetes medication. It can come from definitely blood pressure medication. 
antidepressant, mood stabilizers. We all know that. There, we could go on and on and on about different, you know, um, people with cancer, you know, going through chemotherapy, radiation, that type of aspect definitely can kill your sex drive. And that would be a type of thing where, you know, you could have insecurities. And I never want people to have sex out of obligation. You get me? That is a turnoff in itself, that they have sexual insecurities, but I'm going to do this just because my partner loves it and I, you know what, they know I don't like it or don't enjoy it, but I'm going to do it anyways. Hell no. For me personally, that's a huge turnoff. I want someone that's going to love it, that's going to enjoy it, not only giving that pleasure, but also receiving it from me. It's a huge aspect. So, Coming up with uh, you know certain medications or medical conditions in general, Amy, big time it can create you know the sexual insecurities that can create problems. But again, as you stated, it's so crucial to be able to talk about it and talk about anything and everything regarding sex, sexual pleasures, fantasies, wants, not wants. And because I talk about sexual insecurities, that doesn't mean that you don't have sexual boundaries, not at all. But again, I want you to look at where are those sexual boundaries, who made them up, where do they come from, and do they apply or should they apply in your life, okay? And why do they have power over you? So I want you to challenge those. Not for me. Three kids and I'm a hornball. LOL. Amy, damn it. Quit bragging. No. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, she mentioned to uh, Jennifer's comment, having a baby changes everything for a woman. And then Amy mentioned, not for me, three kids and I'm a hornball. And a lot of aspects and the insecurities, and that, you know, that comes down to <coughs> a lot of aspects. You know, maybe sexual, <laughs> sexual insecurities come from, you know, women. Like I mentioned, number one at the beginning was about body image aspects that, you know, women having kids and, you know what, their hips maybe get wider, their stomach, they have stretch marks, right? And I talked about associating, you know, some women having C-sections, and I talked about it at the beginning of this episode about having those battle scars and to be able to own that say, yep, that's what it is, I'm a woman, and be able to own that. So sometimes having kids, you know, it also can mess with your hormones aspects, you know, these are medical aspects, but are the desire aspect is it associated with sexual insecurities or is it a medical aspect like estrogen levels, testosterone levels, thyroid issues can you know wreak havoc on a lot of aspects, mood, desire, all those aspects with the thyroid. So is it a medical condition or is it an actual sexual insecurity aspects caused by childbirth because of body image aspects and not only body image aspects some women you know natural childbirth and they assume oh my vagina isn't beautiful anymore it's ugly since I had kids and it got stretched out and all these insecurities that go along with it that could be myths that could be just in a woman's own head and a lot of you know, men, they have sexual insecurities too, right? Let's face it, right? Not lasting long enough, you know, maybe coming too quick to the party, if you will, blowing it too quick, right? Maybe not being big enough, not being hard enough as we age, that type of aspect. Maybe I'm not going to rock her world. I'm not, sexual insecurities about performance, right? That I'm not going to be good enough 
to you know give her an orgasm or some woman if a man doesn't come or a man goes limp inside of her oh my god he's not turned on by me so there are also you know performance anxieties associated or performance insecurities associated with sexual aspects the number one thing people you need to be able to you know what talk about them and feel not only your partner makes you feel safe about them but a lot of times your partner might want to be able to talk about anything sexually anything it's just inside of you that you're insecure about talking about them okay and it could be vice versa you could be wide open I'm wide open about talking about anything sexually where maybe your partner is maybe not so much where they're a lot more rigid and a lot more conservative and then I tell people it will create an issue in your relationship because you will be in a relationship and it'll feel like you're just half-assing it if you know what I mean that a lot of times it'll turn into just going through the motions and Jennifer you mentioned about I mean emotionally hormonally and I touched on hormonally and mentally and I'd love to be able to you know touch on that and I get the emotional aspects of it definitely the hormonal aspects how it can affect but we know you know there's testosterone treatment for women if they have you know their testosterone levels we all know it's a lot lower than men but they can be able to go through the elements and be able to look at where testosterone injections or testosterone and treatment for women can also help in the desire aspect okay um, Amy all women are beautiful only a woman can give life absolutely own those stripes and scars. Hey, quit stealing my words, Amy. That's what I said. <laughs> no, you're fine. Someone doesn't like your stretch marks. Trust me, someone does. Oh, hell yeah. Own that. It's not only about your body image that your partner's attracted to. It's what's inside. And that's absolutely, right? Sexual, your sexual identity, your sexual insecurities can be changed big time by your sexual attitude. Owning it. Owning what you like and not being ashamed of it and not being able to you know what have anyone else judge you or create shame against you or bias against you because of your own sexual appetite what you love and what you want sexually own it okay own your body own you know the battle scars as I mentioned before and to be able to go after it and you know what you want to be with someone that also appreciates your sexual being your sexual identity and if you two clash in those aspects I tell people often it's going to create issues in a relationship and some people I say you know what not that sex is the end-all be-all in a relationship but it's a huge part for most people again for most it's not up to me to decide that it's up to you to decide that when when sex is an issue in a relationship chances are everything else is going to fall apart around it emotional right the emotional aspect the psychological safety the emotional connection will start to deteriorate and you will start living as roommates you won't be able to talk about anything because defenses start going up resentment starts going up start you know and they build up by feeling not desired not maybe appreciated not feeling sexy not feeling loved all these issues I deal with on a daily basis and I don't want that to happen to you I want you to be able to own your sexuality own what you love sexually and don't allow others to pass judgment or to shape your own values and morals around sex okay so 
You need to be able to own that aspect and be able to love it, okay? Big time. Uh, Jennifer, one thing before I say goodbye. You made a comment, nice to see women being kind to each other. Uh, Jennifer, I can tell you um, there are a lot of women that follow me that are actually very nice to each other and very, very supportive to each other. Amy, Sabrina, um, they are definitely two people that help uh, support other women. They're great, great ladies. Um, and you're going to find there, believe it or not, I know women can be cruel to each other. They can be judgmental. They can be very jealous. They can shame um, one another, and they shouldn't do that. I agree. I, I'm not for that. Um, women can be catty. We all know that. But there are a lot of nice women out there, just like Amy and Sabrina, that chimed in on the show. And uh, believe it or not, there's a lot more uh, women out there that are all about supporting women and women's empowerment and about building up women's self-confidence and self-esteem. Um, it's out there, believe it or not. I can uh, give a lot of proof of that. Uh, so thanks so much for uh, tuning in to the Art of Relationship show. Thanks again, Jennifer, Amy, Sabrina, for chiming in and your wise inputs as always. I appreciate you very much. Catch the Art of Relationship show every Tuesday and Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time. Right here on Facebook Live. You can check out uh, my Instagram, Detroit's Love Guru, Twitter, uh, YouTube as well, okay? I appreciate you, uh, everybody, for supporting the show and helping me try to help as many people possible out there that I can, okay? That's my dream. That's my goal is to keep helping people out there have terrific, dynamic, healthy, and happy relationships out there, okay? Everybody, uh, take care. My website, theartofrelationships.org. As always, peace and love.